Section 8 of Character. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. Character by Samuel Smiles. Chapter 2D. We have spoken of the mother of Washington as an excellent woman of business, and to possess such a quality as capacity for business is not only compatible with true womanliness but is in a measure essential to the comfort and well-being of every properly governed family habits of business do not relate to trade merely but apply to all the practical affairs of life to everything that has to be arranged to be organized to be provided for to be done and in all these respects the management of a family and of a household is as much a matter of business as the management of a shop or of a counting-house it requires method accuracy organization industry economy discipline tact knowledge and capacity for adapting means to ends all this is of the essence of business and hence business habits are as necessary to be cultivated by women who would succeed in the affairs of home in other words who would make home happy as by men in the affairs of trade of commerce or of manufacture the idea has however heretofore prevailed that women have no concern with such matters and that business habits and qualifications relate to men only take for instance the knowledge of figures mr bright has said of boys teach a boy arithmetic thoroughly and he is a made man and why because it teaches him method accuracy value proportions relations but how many girls are taught arithmetic well very few indeed and what is the consequence when the girl becomes a wife if she knows nothing of figures and is innocent of addition and multiplication she can keep no record of income and expenditure and there will probably be a succession of mistakes committed which may be prolific in domestic contention the woman not being up to her business that is the management of her domestic affairs in conformity with the simple principles of arithmetic will through sheer ignorance be apt to commit extravagances though unintentional which may be most injurious to her family peace and comfort method which is the soul of business is also of essential importance in the home work can only be got through by method muddle flies before it and hugger mugger becomes a thing unknown method demands punctuality another eminently business quality the unpunctual woman like the unpunctual man occasions dislike because she consumes and wastes time and provokes the reflection that we are not of sufficient importance to make her more prompt to the business man time is money but to the business woman method is more it is peace comfort and domestic prosperity prudence is another important business quality in women as in men prudence is practical wisdom and comes of the cultivated judgment it has reference in all things to fitness to propriety judging wisely of the right thing to be done and the right way of doing it it calculates the means order time and method of doing prudence learns from experience quickened by knowledge for these amongst other reasons habits of business are necessary to be cultivated by all women 
in order to their being efficient helpers in the world's daily life and work furthermore to direct the power of the home aright women as the nurses trainers and educators of children need all the help and strength that mental culture can give them mere instinctive love is not sufficient instinct which preserves the lower creatures needs no training but human intelligence which is in constant request in a family needs to be educated the physical health of the rising generation is entrusted to woman by providence and it is in the physical nature that the moral and mental nature lies enshrined it is only by acting in accordance with the natural laws which before she can follow woman must needs understand that the blessings of health of body and health of mind and morals can be secured at home without a knowledge of such laws the mother's love too often finds its recompense only in a child's coffin it is a mere truism to say that the intellect with which women as well as man is endowed has been given for use and exercise and not to fust in her unused such endowments are never conferred without a purpose the creator may lavish in his gifts but he is never wasteful woman was not meant to be either an unthinking drudge or the merely pretty ornament of man's leisure she exists for herself as well as for others and the serious and responsible duties she is called upon to perform in life require the cultivated head as well as the sympathizing heart her highest mission is not to be fulfilled by the mastery of fleeting accomplishments on which so much useful time is now wasted for though accomplishments may enhance the charms of youth and beauty of themselves sufficiently charming they will be found of very little use in the affairs of real life the highest praise which the ancient romans could express of a noble matron was that she sat at home in span domum mansit lanum fisi in our own time it has been said that chemistry enough to keep the pot boiling and geography enough to know the different rooms in her house was science enough for any woman whilst byron whose sympathies for a woman were of a very imperfect kind professed that he could limit her library to a bible and a cookery book but this view of woman's character and culture is an absurdly narrow and unintelligent on the one hand as the opposite view now so much in vogue is extravagant and unnatural on the other that woman ought to be educated so as to be as much as possible the equal of man undistinguishable from him except in sex equal to him in rights and votes and his competitor in all that makes life a fierce and selfish struggle for peace and power and money speaking generally the training and discipline that are most suitable for the one sex in early life are also the most suitable for the other and the education and culture that fill the mind of the man and will prove equally wholesome for the woman indeed all the arguments which have yet been advanced in favor of the higher education of men plead equally strongly in favor of the higher education of women in all the departments of home intelligence will add to woman's usefulness and efficiency it will give her thought and forethought enable her to anticipate and provide for the contingencies of life suggest improved methods of management and give her strength in every way in disciplined mental power she will find a stronger and safer protection against deception and imposture than in mere innocent and unsuspecting ignorance in moral and religious culture she will secure sources of influence more powerful and enduring than in physical attractions 
and in due self-reliance and self-dependence she will discover the truest source is of domestic comfort and happiness but while the mind and character of women ought to be cultivated with a view to their own well-being they ought not the less to be educated liberally with a view of, to the happiness of others men themselves cannot be sound in mind or morals if women be the reverse and if as we hold to be the case the moral condition of people mainly depends upon the education of the home then the education of women is to be regarded as a matter of national importance not only does the moral character but the mental strength of man find their best safeguard and support in the moral purity and mental cultivation of woman but the more completely the powers of both are developed the more harmonious and well-ordered will society be the more safe and certain its elevation and advancement when about fifty years since the first napoleon said that the great want of france was mothers he meant in other words that the french people needed the education of homes provided over by good virtuous intelligent women indeed the french revolution presented one of the most striking illustrations of the social mischiefs resulting from a neglect of the purifying influence of women when the great national outbreak occurred society was impenetrated with vice and profligacy morals religion virtue were swamped by sensualism the character of woman had become depraved conjugal fidelity was disregarded maternity was held in, in reproach family and home were alike corrupted domestic purity no longer bound society together france was motherless the children broke loose and the revolution burst forth amidst the yells and the fierce violence of women but the terrible lesson was disregarded and again and again france has grievously suffered from the want of that discipline obedience self-control and self-respect which can only be truly learnt at home it is said that the third napoleon attributed the recent powerlessness of france which left her helpless and bleeding at the feet of her conquerors to the frivolity and lack of principle of the people as well as to their love of pleasure which however it must be confessed he himself did not a little to foster it would thus seem that the discipline which france still needs to learn if she would be good and great is that indicated by the first napoleon home education by good mothers the influence of woman is the same everywhere her condition influences the morals manners and character of the people in all countries where she is debased society is debased where she is morally pure and enlightened society will be proportionately elevated hence to instruct woman is to instruct man to elevate her character is to raise his own to enlarge her mental freedom is to extend and secure that of the whole community for nations are but the outcomes of homes and peoples of mothers but while it is certain that the character of a nation will be elevated by the enlightenment and refinement of woman it is much more than doubtful whether any advantage is to be derived from her entering into competition with man in the rough work of business and polities woman can no more do men's special work in the world than man can do woman's and wherever woman has been withdrawn from her home and family to enter upon other work the result has been socially disastrous indeed the efforts of some of the best philanthropists have of late years been devoted to withdrawing women from toiling alongside of men in pits, factories nail shops and brickyards it is still not uncommon in the north for the husbands to be idle at home while the mothers and daughters are working in the factory the result being in many cases an entire subversion of family order 
of domestic discipline and of home rule and for many years past in paris the state of things has been reached which some women desire to effect amongst themselves the women there mainly attend to business serving the boutique or presiding at the concoctor while the men lounge about the boulevards but the result has only been homelessness degeneracy and family and social decay nor is there any reason to believe that the elevation and improvement of women are to be secured by investing them with political power there are however in these days many believers in the potentiality of votes who anticipate some indefinite good from the enfranchisement of women it is not necessary here to enter upon the discussion of this question but it may be sufficient to state that the power which women do not possess politically is far more than compensated by that which they exercise in private life by their training in the home those who whether as men or as women do all the manly as well as womanly work of the world the radical bentham has said that man even if he would cannot keep power from woman for that she already governs the world with the whole power of a depot though the power that she mainly governs by is love and to form the character of the whole human race is certainly a power far greater than that which women could ever hope to exercise as voters for members of parliament or even as lawmakers there is however one special department of woman's work demanding the earnest attention of all true female reformers though it is one which has hitherto been unaccountably neglected we mean the better economizing and preparation of human food the waste of which at present for want of the most ordinary culinary knowledge is a little short of scandalous if that man is to be regarded as a benefactor of his species who makes two stalks of corn to grow or only one grew before not less is she to be regarded as a public benefactor who economizes and turns to the best practical account the food products of human skill and labor the improved use of even our existing supply would be equivalent to an immediate extension of the cultivable acreage of our country not to speak of the increase in health economy and domestic comfort were our female reformers only to turn their energies in this direction with effect they would earn the gratitude of all households and be esteemed as among the greatest of practical philanthropists End of section eight.